Good evening to you. It is Saturday, November 4th at 11.33 p.m. Don't forget, uh, clocks change tonight if you, if you have the old-fashioned type of clocks. Fall back an hour as, uh, as the time changes tonight. Um, Purdue lost a, a pretty... Uh, we lost pretty big game. <laughs> lost it uh, going away. Purdue lost big at Michigan. Boy, oh boy, what happened there? My finding my words was as bad as Purdue's offense tonight. Purdue loses forty-one thirteen at Michigan. They lose their fourth straight game. Feels like that Illinois win is about a thousand years ago right now. Um, but uh, I'll talk about it first. Let me let me. Uh, Say thanks to our sponsors. Uh, when you're on campus, when you're near campus, when you're in West Lafayette, when you're in Lafayette, just put in your plans to head over to AJ's on Vine, grab a pint, grab a burger, burgers, beef, and beer, eatajs.com. Uh, good folks, good food. Um, also, if you're in the market for a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, uh, there's tons of cool stuff over at Homefield Apparel. Head over to homefieldapparel.com once you've found the perfect item or items in our boiled 23 at checkout and um, uh, you'll get 15% off pretty good uh, they've got some new basketball stuff but uh, the one that caught my eye in their advertisement was the, the three-peat um, t-shirt that I think has been around for a little while maybe I can be corrected on that but um, three-peat is of course close to my heart because it happened when I was on campus at Purdue uh, way back in the in the middle 90s. So, mercy. Um, Purdue loses big tonight. This had some, uh, this game, especially in the third quarter, but the second quarter too, boy, it had the feeling of a, of a darker era in Purdue sports where in Purdue football, when Purdue's offense couldn't move the ball um, anywhere but between the 40s. And really, they didn't even get past the 50. Michigan had a 14-point lead before you could sneeze. 17-point lead really quickly. Um, and uh, Purdue was out of the game. Uh, tough tough, uh, tough product to watch if you're a Purdue fan. If you're a Michigan fan, I don't know if it's all that entertaining. Funny thing is Purdue scored more points uh, against Michigan than anybody has this year. Uh, we had a discussion, the Boiled Sports guys, about how weak of a schedule Michigan has played. And it's pretty noteworthy. I can't remember a contender uh, for the national title playing a schedule like this, this deep into the season where they really haven't played anybody that's testing them. Sure, they handle their business. They knock teams off, knock them around. No problem. Um, whether it's uh, with or without the help of a special sideline uh, member of the coaching staff. Don't have them anymore. Sadly, the Stallions era in Michigan is over. I was gonna I was gonna post a um, uh, quick cast just reacting to Ryan Walters coming on his show on Thursday and just saying obvious things that were correct. The media acted like he had done something that was a he had broken a cardinal sin, but um, Walters is correct. There are many Big Ten coaches that agree with him. I think there's up to nine coaches. Some sources are saying that say Michigan should be punished by the conference. In behind closed door meetings, um, I, I, I mean, this isn't the, the false outrage is silly. Uh, you have uh, documented cheating. 
the crazy thing is Purdue also did a, a quick internal investigation. If you didn't see this, uh, Michigan had bought, uh, Stallions had bought tickets to six Purdue games, I think, dating back to last year, and there were two this year. So the funny thing is, if you're buying that many games for Purdue, what are you doing for Ohio State and the and the programs that you think are a legitimate contender or a, a, you know, a team that you're, that is in your way of getting to the playoff? You'd go pretty far, according to many reports, and I, I tend to believe a lot of what's being said. On one hand, you have Michigan fans telling us, no big deal, no big whoop, nothing happened. And then you had a story of first Stallions was fired, and then, of course, he resigned. But all problems have gone away in Michigan. Everything's on the up and up now and uh, onward and upward. And they had no time. They didn't need these. They didn't need to cheat versus Purdue. They didn't need to steal any signs versus Purdue. Purdue talked about, and Walters talked about, going to a different uh, huddle look, changing signs. None of it mattered. None of it mattered. Purdue's offense right now is a completely, completely non-competitive unit. It's incredible. If you look at, uh, and I posted something on the Twitter uh, feed that showed how the offensive line started the Michigan game and how they looked at this point in the game. And I think it was in the third quarter. And you had Gus Hartwig playing tackle. It's incredible what they've had to do with that patchwork line lineup because of the um, because of injuries. Um, so there, let's let's look at all the factors that are real. Number one, the offensive line is is being held together by duct tape. Dagnabbit. Two, I'm not going to do that very long. Number two, um, Hudson Card has a hard time making the right decision right now. He looks panicked. He is, uh, when he needs to run the ball, sometimes he holds on to it, tries to make a play. When he needs to just pass it, uh, he doesn't let the, the receivers come out of their breaks. There's a lot happening on Card's side that I, I can understand it, right? Because he's getting hit a lot. But at the same time, his decision-making isn't great. And I'm not going to – I won't I won't question his um, his physical abilities. Like, you know, Jay talks about how much of a fan he is of his potential. And I, I tend to still agree. But he is not playing football that is uh, good enough to get Purdue even close to winning. And then finally, I think the play calling, for the most part, has been extremely predictable, extremely boring – and the end result is uh, Purdue does like what they've done today, what they did versus Nebraska, what they continue to do, which just kind of spin their wheels and don't go anywhere. Or they don't even spin their wheels. It kind of looks like they're just uh, going out there, get three and out, maybe four and out early in the game. I think they had a couple possessions where they get one first down on a on a good run. Tracy looked good at times today. Maccabee looked good at times today. Um, but the receivers, there's another factor. Um there isn't a go-to receiver. Um, you have a little bit of everything. The problems uh, last week was they dropped the ball this week. Um, they're not running routes where they can get open. And Michigan was able to blitz often. I mean, when Michigan needed to dial something up, they would blitz and they would have man-to-man coverage on the outside. And they had no time, no problem holding uh, Purdue's receivers from um, – from making a play, from getting the, from running a route that would create space. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems on the offensive side of the ball. On the defense side of the ball, you've got a, a bunch of guys that look like they are scratching and clawing, trying to make something happen. Um, but uh, the, I mean, Scarton and particularly Scarton and Jenkins uh, look great. 
Thienemann continues to play above his age, beyond his age. Uh, Sanusi Kane looked great for the first half today, made some big plays. Um, Brevard had a, had a uh, I think he had a sack. Um, the defense is grinding. They're doing what they can, but this team is totally incomplete right now. And there's a, there's a bunch of things you can look at, but the fact that you can make comparisons to a dark era of Purdue where Purdue comes in games like this and they look like they're just not even, they don't belong, uh, that's tough medicine. That's tough to swallow. Obviously, Michigan is a horrible place for Purdue to play historically. Um, Purdue doesn't win in the big house hardly ever. I think they've won. I can't. I would. Lo- I could look up this in like five seconds. You guys can tell me. But I think they've won, won there once in the past. It's either once or twice since the late 60s. Um, I've been to a game there. Purdue got their clock cleaned when Kyle Orton was quarterback. Um it's a tough place to play for good Purdue teams, let alone Purdue teams that look like this team right now. Let's dig into the stats, shall we, a little bit, although you may not want to do it. Um, let's see. Uh, like I said, 41-13 loss. Purdue's now lost four straight games. Um, but how'd they do it today? Well, Hudson Card went 12-28, 144 yards. Slightly better than he did versus Nebraska. I think he had 100 yards passing versus Nebraska. He had a TD and an interception. <clears throat> Tyrone Tracy, one of the bright spots, uh, averaged five and a half carries on a, a 11 carries, 61 yards today. No touchdowns. Mockaby, 13 uh, carries and 38 yards. On the other side of the ball, Purdue's defense did a really good job keeping Michigan in check for the most part, except for one run. Uh, Samaj Morgan had a just ripped one off. Uh, I think it was a, a jet sweep. Uh, to the left, uh, where he had a 44-yard touchdown. When he got on his horse, he was gone. Only guy uh, between him and the goal line was Thieneman, who couldn't, the angle wasn't good for a guy with that type of speed. He could not track him down. I think he barely touched him as he crossed the goal line, but Purdue was totally fooled by that play. It had them on their heels up front. Um, One of the few real big defensive breakdowns, especially against the run. Like I said, Purdue's defensive front looked pretty solid. Uh, Deion Burks led all receivers with uh, three receptions. He had 43 yards receiving. Rashawn Rice had a big catch, I believe, at the beginning of the second half or at the end of the first half. Can't remember. And then he went out of the game with injury, which was tough to see because I've been waiting for Rice to uh, make some noise this year. Uh, Jaden Dixonville continues to be one of the uh, bright spots, especially for the freshman class. Um, he's He had four receptions again. Um, uh 32 yards. Um, Deion Burks, though, uh, he had the lone touchdown right at the end of the game, which was nice to see. This is a lot. Purdue's offense has done this a couple times this year, two or three, where the game's completely out of reach, and then they have they get like a cheap touchdown. But it was a great pass. The Hudson Card put the ball in the money. It was a, a just a floater of a ball, but it was right in his arms. Uh, Burks struggled today. I think he had two drops, at least one. That I can remember where the ball was just on the money right between his hands, and he barely even slowed it down. Um, starting to begin, beginning to believe that Burks is having a hard time. Just uh, things are in his head when he comes across the middle that he isn't going to pull it down. Um, get a little yippy. Uh, but uh, Tyron Tracy had two receptions, and then Garrett Miller had a weird play. Uh, he had a reception, but he went out on injury real quickly. Uh, I couldn't understand what it was. Watched the replay a couple times. I still didn't see it. People I was watching with, my son, my wife, and a friend of mine um, said he got cleated right in the shin, just kind of uh, got whipped, and um, it broke open the skin on his shin. Very weird injury. Not laughing at the injury. Just the nature of the injury is weird because it looked like, okay, did he, did he twist his ankle? Did he 
bust his knee. You know, he kind of went down like he was shot because, you know, I think he hopped for a second and he went down. But everything's okay. He came back in about a play later. He was fine. His, his uh, shin and calf were wrapped together. So uh, let's see. What else happened? On the defensive side of the um, of the of the field, Antonio Stevens is a bit of a bright spot. Um, he had four tackles. He's kind of coming into his own, look, look really good. Um, uh, Botros Alessandro had seven tackles, which is an incredible number. Um, and he had a couple big plays. There's a, some of the defensive back, some of the younger guys are starting to show out a little bit. Uh, there's some, some promise there. Uh, Kane had six ta- tackles. Marquevious Brown had six tackles. Um, Kane also had a tackle for a loss early in the game. Um, Thieneman had five tackles, keeps being dead steady. Karloff just had four. Uh, let's see, anybody else? Yeah, Nick Scarton had two sacks, and uh, let me see. Jenkins kind of registered a, it's a quiet game for him. He only had three, uh, three tackles and one tackle for a loss, but he was wreaking havoc, and Michigan was doing what they could to stay away from him. Smartly game, chan, uh, or game plan for him, and uh, he looks solid. Uh, continues to look solid. Uh, Jeffrey Mabah had a, had four tackles, but he had, I think, a pretty boneheaded penalty, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, roughing the passer. Um, not much else. Not much else to talk about, really, other than uh, it's a disappointment because not because they lose. I think any level-headed Purdue fan. I saw one guy on Knucklehead Central uh, saying that he thought Purdue would get it done, and I. It's nice when you have a fan that just believes they're going to get it done, but there's really no reason to think that they were going to change course and pull this upset. This isn't like some of the years where they had, you know, number one, Purdue doesn't upset Michigan like they do Ohio State historically. Um, Sure, every coaching staff is a little different, but um, it just didn't look like this team had the juice to to get it done versus one of the nation's best teams. So um, let's see. Travis Brennan said... uh, it just sounds like Travis Brennan was there. Tough to be there, I'm sure. Uh, John Younger said, glad the team fought like they did. Yeah, and the off- the defense did. The offense, man, I don't know. Um, uh, Michael Hogg said defense played their, uh, their tails off tonight. So, yeah, they defense continues to play well. They show promise. Um, you're not going to win games, though. Um, the defense isn't playing that well where they're completely neutralizing an offense and the offense is not there. That offense at times looks exactly like Iowa's where they're just, there's no chance they're going to move the ball during times of the game. I mean, like, and it's becoming a recurring theme. It's becoming horribly painful to, to, to watch as a fan. Uh, I think it demoralizes Purdue fans, especially a couple people on Twitter, a couple interactions talking about it's weird uh, we're so used to seeing offenses that are potent, even when the teams are bad, that um, uh, this is a tough product. It's a tough product for Purdue right now, Purdue fans. So got to keep the faith and hope you guys hold on during this because it's not over yet. I think you've got Minnesota, Northwestern, and IU left. IU, like I said this, and half joking, but IU is in a position where they are actually starting to climb out. You can see they played really well versus Penn State. Today they beat Wisconsin. Um, uh, they look like they are doing what you hope a team can do. Even a bad team is starting to show life at the end of the season. IU's remaining schedule is pretty pretty nicely set up for them to get three more wins. 
Uh, Purdue is, the, of course, the final game, but I think you've got Illinois before that, Michigan State. Um, the, that's not a that's not a tough group of teams. And IU, like I said, is fighting. They are their offense is playing well. They had the lead almost the entire game versus Wisconsin. Um, I, I think that'd be uh, it's going to be tough. They come into Ross Aid. Um, with the ability to earn a bowl game, they're going to be very motivated. I think Purdue will be motivated as well. But, man, Purdue's got to find something on offense before then, and uh, we'll see if they can do it versus lesser teams. But they have struggled mightily the last few weeks. It just feels like that 44-point game versus Illinois is a distant memory right now. doesn't even feel like it's the same season because the the style of play is so different right now. Um Let's see. Jeff says air raid offense is amazing. Yeah, it is awesome. The air raid offense is great. I don't, I don't know which thing. I, I, I've been trying to figure this out, and you guys may have too. Which which problem is the biggest problem? Obviously, offensive line problem is a big deal. But I think the biggest problem, maybe with this coaching staff, if you say offense, defense, the whole thing, is their inability to to change when things aren't going very well or, or a plan or a game plan didn't work, the inability to alter that game plan, the inability to alter that plan is something that has been an ongoing theme. The offense, though, has so many problems with personnel right now. You have so many injuries. This is... Um, I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel this season at all. I, I, I Gosh, I hope I'm way wrong and there's some switch that goes off and then all of a sudden... Hudson Card looks like a beast, um, and the play calling looks inventive. Like I said, I mentioned this, I think, in the in the Handsome Hour last week. Watch Kansas play, and watch what they're doing to try to create mismatches before the snap. And then watch what they do after the snap. So the play calling's good, but before, they're doing so many things with movements to try to get people out of position. They do it every single play. Purdue, it seems like the inventiveness, the creativity is just impossible to find offensively and maybe that's a byproduct so if you're a big Graham Harrell apologist you say well what's he supposed to do this offensive line is just taped together they're doing everything they can I have no issues with the way the offensive line is playing because the guys are not playing their positions many guys and then guys are who are too deep type players are starting or playing Every down, there's a lot of things. You see guys get nicked up, offensive line, <laughs> uh, linemen go down. They're doing everything to get up that next play. I don't have any problem with those guys. Um, the receivers are tougher for me. Unless we're going to use like disappointment or just head scratching or whatever you want to call it. Receivers have gotten progressively worse this season. Hudson Card's decision-making has gotten worse. Like I said, I'm hitting the same points. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on other than this team does not look like it has the ability to get off the mat to me. And I am trying to find, I don't know, maybe you guys can sound off. Tell me which game you think is most likely for Purdue to get another or two or three more wins. Um, if they get to five wins, I think it's a flat-out miracle. I think that's that's something we can all celebrate. You know, go out dance in the streets afterward like they won a conference championship because the um, the product leaves a lot to be desired. Let's see. Uh uh, Travis Brennan, who's at the game, said some lady kept yelling two and six at the brigade members. Well, they can count. Well, I guess. I mean, Purdue's not good. Congrats. Um, John Harrell, who was at the game, good buddy of mine. Uh, how do you call in 
how do you call this an air raid offense? I don't know, John. I don't. I mean, you were there in person. You got to see it in all of its glory. And, and I think you've been to many games at home. I've gone to many games. Um, and this is I the funniest thing someone said is, when does the air raid start? It's, that's the best, the best tongue-in-cheek question of the season by Purdue fans. And I don't know. I haven't seen any, rev uh, or, uh, any evidence of an air raid. Um, let's see. Zach Young says, does anyone else see Purdue the Purdue football tweet that was a picture of Freehill kicking and said air raid? What? Wait. So Purdue football put that up? Oh, man. So, oh, there's a positive. Here's a positive. Purdue kicked and successfully, successfully kicked two field goals. They made, they went two for two. So if we're looking for a, a bright spot, it's the fact that two Middle range, short, uh, short to middle distance field goals were made tonight. That is a that is a positive because, damn it, special teams has been bad, um, and uh, yeah, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. So that's what we're going to celebrate. Um, Justin Hood says Hudson doesn't look like he trusts anyone. Not his receivers. Definitely not his whole line. Okay, Justin. So you're you're repeating something that was said by the broadcast team, I believe, and I understand the point. I understand the point. But Hudson Card, there's other things that are happening other than just trust. There are plays that are there, and he's not making the right decision. Um, like I said, I'm not going to second-guess the guy's ability, number one, with his feet. I think he's an amazingly athletic quarterback. He showed he put on display on a big run. That had, so I think there were two really good, maybe three really good play calls the entire game, in my opinion. Um Plays that were successful, they kind of got Michigan on their heels. Um, one of them was the Hudson's the Hudson Cards um, design run in the first half. Great run, really. He had another design run in the second half. It was also pretty good, but it only yielded like eight yards. But he, uh, yeah, his, he's he's great with his feet. He's got a good arm, um, but his decision making, uh, and it may be because of confidence. I don't know what the answer is here. I really don't know. What I do know is that the easiest position to blame in football is the quarterback. And the easiest thing to say is, and uh, that guy needs to be better. It is easier for me to say that. And it is, it's, it's way too broad of a brush to paint with. It's not Hudson's cards, Hudson cards fault. I'm going to put it again. I'm going to go up the ranks. I'm going to say, this is Graham Harrell's issue. And I'm going to keep saying it until I see some evidence. Otherwise, um, let's see. Uh, Brian T says, how about that AOC? I think, Brian, I think you tweeted at me. I think that's right. Um, it's awesome. Uh, O'Connell's been given the reins in case you haven't been paying attention for the Raiders. So that's fun. Um, yeah, so I think, I think Brian, you're the guy that uh, tweeted at me. And, yeah, it'd be a lot easier to talk about Aiden O'Connell and other Purdue uh, players in the pros than what we see on Saturdays right now. Um uh, yeah, Brian says almost got the balloons with two great play calls. Yeah, I don't think they lit up. I don't think the balloons lit up. I think I brought it down quick enough. And you've already seen me accidentally hold up. I count like that for a number one, and that gave me the damn thumbs up bubble. So I I got to turn these things off, and I don't know how to do it. Um, let's see. Thanks, Brian, for tweeting that. Thank you. Um, uh uh, Travis Brennan says, we don't send people in motion pre-snap. Yeah, that's one of the things that, gosh, I think 
you can read a lot of what the linebackers doing if you send guys in motion, right? And they're not doing it. Um, yeah, Michigan had somebody in motion every play. Another good play. Uh, just look at, I mean, like, gosh darn it, it's it's tough to say. Okay, yeah, it's easy to. Michigan is better than Purdue, bar none. Better at every position, you know. Better coached, the whole thing. Um, but look at the way that team plays, like the way they prepare, the precision of the offense. Mercy. Uh, Purdue's defense, though, like I said, I think you have multiple NFL uh, linemen there. Um, I think Thieneman eventually will be in the league getting paid to do what he does. So there are guys there on defense. It's an incomplete group. They need more. Um, a friend of mine asked me, how's the recruiting look for next year? Is there a chance that they could bump up with that? It's a lot to ask freshmen come, to come in right away and be the shot in the arm. I know it happens sometimes. And we can think of Purdue fans, we can think of freshmen that came in right away and were difference makers, no doubt. But it's a lot to ask freshmen. It, for every for every Rondell Moore out there, I can think of a Drew Brees, right? A Drew, Drew Brees, as a freshman, hardly played at all. And uh, that was multi-reasons. Tiller wanted to make him wait. But also, he, he wasn't any better than Billy Dickin. There's not going to be a freshman, I think, that is better than Hudson Card. I don't think you're going to have any of that. I and even on, in the trenches, it's even harder. It's more to ask for true freshmen to come in and make a big difference and be physically ready to make a difference. Now, the transfer portal, this is obviously where Purdue's going to have to make some hay in the offseason to, to make a difference. But it is, it's a it's going to be a long slog until this personnel is up to snuff. That's what it seems to me. Um, yeah, Brian T. says, Purdue, tro uh, Purdue Pete trolling University of Michigan with the Ohio State gear spying. That's very funny. If you haven't seen it, check out our Twitter feed. Um, uh, I retweeted it. It's very funny. That's probably the, the highlight of the night is Purdue Pete getting involved in the, in the um, uh, I don't even know. There's no, we don't call it Spygate. That's taken by the Patriots. But um, is there a nickname for this, for this scandal? I don't know if there is. So um, thanks to everybody for tuning in live. Thanks to those uh, listening on delay as well. Um, check us out on Monday. Hopefully the conversation will be a little more lively. Well, I've had a chance to, to laugh it up a little bit and enjoy the fact that, um, uh, hey, not that big of a deal. Sun, sun is going to rise tomorrow morning, an hour later. Wait, that, it doesn't work that way on the time change. But the sun will rise tomorrow. Things are going to get better. It's just tough to go through this football season like this because I think so many people, when I say we're hopeful, I thought five wins. I don't think they're getting to five wins. Like I said, uh, every week we another goal seems to fall, meaning something the team wanted to do seems to become an impossibility. So um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, oh, Karen uh, Grulock had a great point here. Uh, no love lost between the coaches. If you didn't see it, uh, there was a blow-by handshake by um, – uh, by Ryan Walters and Harbaugh. I don't, I think that was more Walters doing it. I like, again, uh, that goes back to the beginning of this, this, uh, post game rap, me talking about what Walters said. Walters is holding a grudge. I think he finds this to be bull crap. And, and I think it is. There's the funny thing is I don't, if you, I've been trying to do this all week, what would have Brom done? Because he keeps everything. So he wouldn't, he wouldn't have, he would act like there was no issue at all, regardless of the outcome of that game, I believe. Uh, we never saw, I mean, Brom got mad every now and again, but he tried to play everything close to the vest. I think that was just the way he did. And once again, it will endear Walters to many Purdue fans, the fact that he did blow by Harbaugh that way and the fact they did speak up on his his um, show this week. And others, they're going to say, oh, I wish he wouldn't do that. I wish he wouldn't say that. 
up to you how you see it. But it's definitely a big contrast from uh, previous season. So uh, Monday, 9 p.m. Um, let's see. Purdue plays at 6.30 on Monday. So that game will uh, – that, that uh, handsome hour will be right after the game versus Samford. Sanford's doing a pretty funny ad campaign right now. If you haven't seen it, the, they're saying they're they're going to put the smallest guy that they've got up against Edie on the jump ball, and they say they've got him training hard. It's kind of funny if you haven't seen it on Twitter and other social media. I, as a 5'4 guy, I do not like the fact that they're exploiting this young man's height for their benefit. I think it's wrong. Uh, we short guys need to stand together, start some sort of union. Uh, as a people group, it's been tough for our people that's a joke um yeah that I, I think it's pretty clever for Sanford to do this I think this is the whole thing is bringing good attention to their program very smart their their uh sports media people are doing what we've become so accustomed with with Purdue's Purdue's sports media people are are awesome they do a great job they um they're awesome with those little vignettes they're great with um great photographers and and video people and uh, but Sanford, uh, with a smaller budget, has done a pretty good job with this thing. So check it out if you haven't. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Purdue will play is it Minnesota Minnesota next week in Ross-Aid. Um, hope you're there. If you see me, say hi. But if you don't, it, let's not get all the let's not let's not give away the week. Check us out Monday at 9 p.m. Uh, after the Sanford game for the Handsome Hour. We uh, look forward to seeing you. God bless you. Hammer down. Talk to you soon.